Season one of Watch With You is made possible by the support of Barry from Podcast in Color. Thank you, Barry. Lady D here with Lady H. Hey. You know Lady H always tries to slip in some wrestling. Well, today is that day. Lady H, please introduce our guest. Oh, it's my pleasure. <laughs> well, joining us today, we have returning fave, Madame Lizette. Hi, guys. Hey, that's Madame Lizette. And the homie, Miss V. What up, guys? <laughs> that's right. We are doing a Forever Young cast reunion. Shout out to the WrestleCast and Don De Laurente. All of that. Yes, right. So, Miss V. Since this is your first time on Watch With You, what would you like the watchers to know about you? Um, <laughs> I am a, um, I'm a, obsessed with all things pop culture and um, TV and movies and things of that nature and love wrestling. One of the few Black women that I know that really, really loves wrestling and is really into the industry. And um, I live in Minnesota and it's cold right now. So that's a big part of my personality is that it's always cold. And it just, it can definitely determine whether or not I'm in a good mood or not. And it's not that bad right now. So I'm in a good mood today. So that's me. I got to ask you a question. Mm -hmm. Do you know the Bachelorette? You know, I have met her, but I don't like know her, but I've met her because she's been, um, she has been to my job a couple of times. So I have met her before. I was so hoping you were going to say no, that all Black people don't know each other, but damn. Yeah, well, it's hard <laughs> because of my job. Everybody comes through my job at some point. If you've been on television and you're from Minnesota, um, then you've been through my place of work at some point. So yeah, I met, I did meet her um, a while ago and she was really sweet. There is a ton of Black people where I work, where I live actually, which is really funny because people don't assume there is because it's in the Midwest. Um, but uh, no, there's anybody who's uh, famous who's from my area has definitely been through uh, my job at some point. Awesome. Thank you for joining us. Madame Lizette, welcome. What's been going on with you since we last talked? So I'm in the process of like deactivating my license because white women in real estate in Texas have tried me one too many times. And I just don't think I want to keep doing this profession. It has been my lot like two transactions ago. I had a woman send me a demand letter because her clients leased the property back from us and left it a mess. And she still wanted them to get their deposit back. Well, like, you can't send a demand letter if you're not a lawyer. And then come to find out, her clients had no idea that she sent the demand letter or was, like, in my text messages wilding out. And she's, like, the second and third white woman that I've just been, like, I don't understand why y'all think that it's okay to talk to little old black girl me like that. But I'm sick of it. So that's what's changing. Um, and I'm thinking about going back to school. I'm thinking about compiling my short stories into like a collection. I'm thinking about doing a lot of things right now. Life is changing. <laughs> I hit 30 and I was like, I don't think I want to keep doing it this way. So here we go. Well, that's, you know what? Life is a journey. But good Lord, why it's got to be the white women that tried you? Because they always. I, I know it is. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it was a hot mess. 
that was the second or third time that I had, had someone do that to me. Not to like that extreme, but just kind of just try you to see if you're gonna back down. I don't want to keep doing this. Y'all have got to be out of your mind. Still in a pandemic. We are. People act like we're not, especially down here in Texas, girl. Yeah, it's crazy in Minnesota too. People just don't seem to realize that we're still in the middle of a pandemic, and it ain't going anywhere anytime soon. No, get your booster shots, y'all. All right, so let's get started. We know that wrestling has gone through quite a few changes. ROH is rebranding. WWE has turned into a crime scene with all of their cuts, and AEW still ain't shit. But as Black women fans who support Black wrestlers, let's talk about the state of wrestling. Most recently, WWE cut Nia Jax, Ember Moon, Mia Yim, B-Fab, all of them cut deep. But which one of these cuts do you feel the most? Lady V, let's start with you. You know, I think it's, um, I think the one that I probably feel the most, um, or the one that I was surprised the most by was, was B-Fab. Um, just because we never really even got a chance to really see what she could do on the main roster. And I guess to that end, you could say the same thing for Mia Yim as well. Um, there was just so much potential there for both of them. And we just never got a chance to really see what they could do. And then like, you know, for the, the case of B-Fab, for her to be cut before the rest of her group hit row was cut, it was really like WWE did not see the value in her as a woman in that group compared to the men that were in that group until they were eventually cut too. And I think it was just, it was basically like, you could tell that there wasn't anybody black or anybody of color who was in that writer's room um, who understood the necessity to have or the you know, the need that there should there should have been for having a black woman being a part of that hip hop themed gimmick. Like there, it just made total sense to us, but I think for them, it just, it didn't ma- matter to them and they didn't understand it. And so I think that one was the one that really um, surprised me the most and kind of hit me the most. What about you, Madame Lizette? So like, it's kind of a little bit of all of them. Um, for different reasons. Mia gets the call up. She gets put in retribution, which is a terrible, it was not a terrible faction. It was a terribly written faction. They could have redeemed it and they just couldn't figure out how. But like they put her in that faction, then they go, never mind, you're not going to be in this faction anymore. They let Ali kind of talk to her crazy so they could kick her out or whatever. And then it's, she's always coming soon, coming soon. Then she gets switched to a different show, switched back to Raw to just never, like, appear on television. Not to mention, like, she took time off to take care of Keith Lee when he had his heart issues and his health issues to the point, like, that man was not going to wrestle again if they couldn't get it all figured out and sorted out. And we never even got to see her on the roster. And she wasn't even, like my favorite I just wanted to see her get better and then you have B-Fab who is super green and I know like the match she had on NXT UK or NXT 2.0 wasn't the best but like you can tell that she was learning on the job and Vince was just like yeah she can go and I'm like she's the most important thing to this whole little collective we have here like 
Hit Row hits because of her. Like, she brings the flair. She brings the attitude. If you listen to the theme song, she got the best verse. Like, come on now. What are we doing? And then there's Naya, who was had a good storyline with Shayna. Um, and then disappeared off the television, which we know now is because she had, like, mental health stuff going on. And she wanted to break. And... She, Naya's like embracing her new, you know, her curly natural hair. She's wearing better gear. She looks like she might be in a better spot. They could really do something with this storyline with her and Shayna. And yeah, yeah, she gone. And it was just like, well, dang. We don't have that many like women on the roster in general. And we most definitely don't have that many like black or, you know, women of color on the roster. And Vince was just like, yeah, they all can go. We don't need none of them. And that was probably, like, the most hurtful thing. Go ahead. I want to circle back to Nia Jax a little bit later, but what about Ember Moon? Do you think that, because she was at NXT, got called up to the main roster, went back down to NXT. Well, before that, she was hurt and was doing some commentary on, what was that show with Renee Young and CM Punk? And Booker T was on there. Forgot the name of that. Oh, the WWE show. I can't remember, but the one that was on Fox Fox. Sports. Yeah. What was it? It's the one on Fox, but I can't remember what it's called. It's like the man, because I definitely did not watch it. Um, All right, I'm gonna hit the. I did not either. Um, I don't remember. (laughs) I'm gonna hit the Google's, but I mean, she was on commentary on there when she was injured. WWE backstage. There we go. Thank you. So she, there she was. She was there. So they were keeping her in the public eye. They dis, She disappeared for a little bit. She comes back to NXT. And she was teamed with Shasi Blackheart. They were both riding the tank together. They, they break that up. And then there's like nothing. So what do you think about A, her cut, and B, where she'll land in the, in the pantheon of wrestling? Amber is one of those that I have mixed views about because mm-hmm. she's the black girl who's like I ain't got no black friends none of the black girls like me they picked on me so I had to hang out with the white kids and like no you didn't sis that was a choice like she's from like she's she's from Oak Cliff like she's from down here I know people who probably you know grew up around her or whatever you ain't have to go that route like I'm a black girl who is in all the geeky nerdy shit too I still got plenty of black friends and I have black, like, female friends who like all the nerdy shit I like as well. So, like, no, sis, that's not how that works. But on the, like, on another side, she continuously got hurt. And they could, so that makes you a liability because they can't keep you on television. And then I don't think they knew what to do with her character. So it was just one of those things. I mean, I hate to compare it to Karrion Cross, but it was one of those things where, like, Vince was not sure how to get the character across on television. And in NXT, it was always easier to do it because they had darker lights, darker stage, smaller venue. So Triple H could, like, make you feel like their their entrances and their character was bigger, larger than life. But Vince could never figure that out because he uses a lot more light. There's a much bigger stage. The ramp is a lot larger. And he just didn't know how to give you all the grandioseness that you needed in a form if he didn't understand your character. So, like, she was not surprising to me when she got cut. 
just based off of like the last couple years of like her being hurt, them changing her character, being babyface, being heel, being babyface, them not really knowing what to do with her. I was like, eh, okay, I get it. Yeah, I wasn't really surprised by it either. And as far as like uh, Vince not understanding her character, I don't think anybody understood her character. What was she? Was she a werewolf? Mm-hmm. Was she like, like no one knew what the hell it, what Ember Moon, especially when she first debuted on the main roster. Like I was like, what is this supposed to be? Is she supposed to be a werewolf or a she-wolf or, or what is this? And I don't think anybody was really completely clear on what her gimmick was. And if we, as the audience are, then I, you know, there's no way they were, you know, you know, when WWE understands what they're going for, they lean into it very hard. And they don't, I don't think they really understood what exactly she was supposed to be. So I wasn't like, you know, I'm always rooting for everybody black, but like, you know, Lizette said, like she was one who didn't seem like she really wanted to be a part of, you know, our sisterhood. And, and she didn't really want to be that girl. And maybe that's just, that's the wrong perception, but that's the perception that she gave off. And, you know, I like, she got cut, she got cut and I was like, yeah, I get it. And even when she kind of changed away from whatever her original gimmick was, um, I think even for WWE, I don't know if they know how to market a um, uh, like a, a weird black girl. Like mm-hmm. she, I think they know how to do it with Paige. They know how to do it with Shotzi. But when the girl is black and she's not like the other black girls on the on the roster. I don't think they knew how to do her um, because she didn't fit the mold that they had always had. Like you honestly, you can't really say that all the girls who are on the roster right now are the same, but one thing they are not is Ember Moon like, and you know, I think they know what they can kind of figure out what to do with the rest of the girls on the roster, the black girls, but she was such an oddball. I don't know how, I don't think Vince or anybody backstage really understood how to, deal with the black girl who had the bad weave and was not really down with you know the black people and all this stuff like she was just different and I don't think they really knew what to do with that okay so I'm gonna say something I didn't know I was gonna say until the two of you started talking about her not being the black girl's black girl who else is not the black girl's black girl Brandy yeah, and nobody likes her either. So do you think that she could go to AEW and Brandy could figure out what to do with her? Brandy can't figure no, out No, because... <laughs> like, no one and, and Brandy is the mean girl black girl, and Ember yes. is still, like, the gothic black girl who's weird, so all Brandy's gonna do is pick on her. Yeah, that's all Brandy's gonna do is just use her. And if it were, she's not gonna... Or maybe she'll bring her in as, like... um her lackey or something like she's not gonna know what to do with that because that's not brandy's judge either brandy like you said is like the mean girl black girl she doesn't do the oddball black girl either so the only thing they have in common really is the fact that they have white husbands who think that they're god's gift to black women that's the only thing they have in common they've solved racism let us never forget that exactly and and if we think about how Brandy has treated like the other black girl, I know we'll get to her eventually, but like Jade Cargill, 
Brandy decided like the best way to approach her was to do this like weird ratchet ass promo that did not make any sense and that did not fit her character, did not fit her personality. Like it all feels like an act. And when she could have just been mad at her just because like she's being disrespectful. You didn't have to come out there and do the heifer and the bitch and the like none of that was necessary. You could have just been angry Brandy because she's being disrespectful to your husband. That'd have been fine. You didn't have to put on the voice and the do the hand motions and the uh uh and all of that. Her. Like she didn't even seem comfortable in doing it because it was just not who she is. And it's like okay, Exactly. Like, come on now. Like, you know, that's not you. No, it was a sassy man's fantasy of her. Yeah, you know, that, yeah, because the, the white dudes ate it up. Oh, they love it. <laughs> mm. Mm. Well, so we're saying that we don't think that Ember Moon would find place at AEW. Fine. Do you no, think, I that think she will land? Hmm? I think she'll end up there, but I just don't know if it'll be the right place for her. I think she'll be in the same position. They're not going to know what to do with her either. If nothing else, they'll like pair her with a Ruby Soho or maybe they'll have her like join the Dark Order or something that she can be her weird, quirky self around people who are kind of weird and quirky. Like Dark Order would actually kind of be perfect, but she does not have that same vibe as like Anna Jay and Taya Conti either. So like she still would be like the odd woman out even in like a weird faction like that. Okay, so we talked about Ember a lot. Um, I, did we say where we think that Fab B, what's next for Fab B? I know that now the rest of Hit Row have been released. Do you see them reviving themselves someplace else? Do you think that this is the end of the faction? What do you think will happen to Fab B in the future? I mean, because she was so green, like wherever she goes, they're going to have to basically train her um, if she really wants to wrestle. Um, I I think if Hit Row is smart, I think they realize there's money in the gimmick that they have together. So they try to go somewhere together where all four of them can be in the same spot. I don't think AEW is that place um, just because... You know, I don't think they know how. I don't think Brandy is the right person to try and get that gimmick over either. Um, Brandy and Cody are not the people that should be writing for that gimmick, um, and uh, and so I don't I don't think that's the right place for them. Um, but I don't know. Like they need to be on a bigger production. I don't think I don't. Or maybe I don't know. Maybe they can start somewhere. Um, in a smaller promotion and kind of build a, a following there and then eventually get to um, get to an AEW-like place. I just don't think their fan base, which is predominantly white men, are the right is going to react very well to them um, and, and what their gimmick is. So I don't really know what the next step is for, for them, if I'm being honest, or, and her. Yeah. So... Like, I'm with V. I think that the four of them should stay to stay together. There's no way AJ Francis is going to AEW. Yeah, oh, like, yeah, yeah, that's right. He told the whole roster they can get the beats. There's no way he's going to AEW. Yeah. And on top of that, and I think people, like, don't understand that AJ Francis, 
has already made millions of dollars being a football player. Like he was in the NFL. He's a pro bowler, if I remember correctly. He is not like your run-of-the-mill indie wrestler who's looking for a check. So, like, Cody and them can't just be like, yeah, yeah, we're going to throw this money at you. He's going to be like, yeah, yeah, I don't like... I don't like y'all get down. And that's really what it boils down to is he recognizes that he does not like how they get down. So I would assume the four of them are going to stick together. It really sucks that we are at the point where ROH is probably closing their doors because I would love to see like ROH, like them and ROH and them do something against like Sean Taylor Promotions um, and like run that faction a few times and just or run that feud a couple times maybe you know wrestle jtg like i think that that would be very very dope but with roh potentially closing their doors tna's roster getting bigger or impact roster getting a little bit bloated more because they're taking on you know wwe talent AEW's roster already being bloated because they can't really afford to take on any more talent they're kind of lost in the shuffle of where they're going to go next. And I also wouldn't be surprised if they go back to WWE. But it sounds like from like the rumor mill that those dudes got fired because they went to Vince and were just like, how dare you cut BFAB? And Vince didn't really too much like that. So... I don't know. And maybe it wasn't Vince. Maybe it was like John Laurinaitis or something who didn't too much like that. But one of Vince's yes man and or Vince didn't like the fact that they questioned their decisions. So I don't know if that going back to WWE would be a thing. And with Triple H losing the little bit of control that he did have, he doesn't even get a say so when they fire his like talent that he wants to keep on the roster or that he enjoys. So like there's really no place for them. They're going to probably be on the indies for a while. And hopefully somebody will be like, we want all y'all to come here. But if not, I think that they, I know at least for BFAB, because I follow her on Instagram, like she's been doing TikToks and YouTube videos and skits. So maybe she's going to do a career change. I don't know where NXT found her. So I don't know where she's going to go. Okay. Ms. V, you have any thoughts on what's next for BFAP? Yeah, like I said, she's so green, so I don't know if wrestling is what she's going to continue to do. Uh, unless, I mean, I, I don't see her continuing it without the rest of Hit Row. So I think sh- if they decide to stick together and, you know, the other guys end up signing somewhere, I think she'll end up signing with them. Um, but like I said, I don't think AEW is that place for them. I just don't see that their fan base is extremely, extremely white and male. And I just don't think they're going to understand what that gimmick is. I mean, it would be smart from the standpoint of, um, you know, AEW needing some more diversity, but I just don't know if they're the right people to try and do that with hit row. Um, so I, like I said, she's very green. So I just don't know if she'll be able to do it by herself unless she wants to really train off camera and then eventually get put on camera somewhere. So I just kind of hope that they stay together. And, um, you know, I think there's possible, there's ways for her to make money and be successful without wrestling. Um, but I I guess it all just kind of depends on, does she want to be a ballet? Does she want to be an actual wrestler or what? And, um, and then just finding a company that can understand the value in her. I just, I, I worry that like, if she were to go to AEW, like, 
you know, you know, but you know, honestly, maybe like they don't want Jade to talk so much. Maybe you put someone like Jade Cargill with a BFAB. I don't know if she wants to do that kind of thing, but if she wants to wrestle, then I don't, I don't really know where I would see her going. I didn't think of her as, well, I do think of her as a valet. And one thing that I was thinking about was that Lana started as a valet and she was also very green in wrestling and she got chance after chance after chance to figure it out and never really figured it out, but yet she still got those chances. So I was hoping for the same opportunity for BFAB, but um, I, I could see her being the voice for Jay Cargill. I really don't know why they don't want her to talk as much. I think if they developed that, she would really be the total package. I know we're going to talk about her later, but I was thinking that the future of BFAB would be outside of wrestling. I didn't really see her staying within wrestling, but I don't follow her on social media like that. So I don't really know. I'm glad to hear your perspectives. And speaking of people leaving wrestling, what do you think about the hullabaloo that Nia Jax is done with wrestling? Um, Miss, okay, Miss V, let's start with you. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I, if anybody out of all the people that have been released, I don't think she needs wrestling. She had a career as a, you know, plus size model before she got into WWE. So I think, you know, she's very capable of getting back into that. Like she's gorgeous. And, um, and she's, you know, I, I, I think that's probably the route that she's going to go is to probably get back into entertainment without having to, you know, destroy her body every night. Um, I also think that, you know, she, she also had, you know, there was a lot of people who didn't think she was a safe wrestler and, and, you know, she rubbed people the wrong way. And, you know, she might just be tired of dealing with the fan base, which I can totally understand. And, to leave that behind, especially if it was bothering her mental health um, to deal with, you know, being on television and having people completely put her down on a regular basis on social media and things. I could see why uh, it might be best for her mentally to just not be in this business, especially when she has the ability to go do other things. Um, so I'm not surprised by her, you know, hinting that she might not come back to wrestling. I, I think it makes complete sense. And she's got major connections in the fact that her cousin is The Rock. So if she wants to do something else, she's got the connections to do something else completely. Yeah, and that's kind of how I feel as well. Um, she's kind of like AJ Francis. Like, she made a whole bunch of money before she got to wrestling. So she ain't really hurting for nothing. And knowing that her mental health was taking, like, hits like that, and then we know, like, her knees, she had torn ACLs, torn MCLs, all of that kind of stuff. Like, I could just see her just being like, yeah, this is just too much on me all the way around. And that's totally okay. Um, maybe she'll go into acting. Maybe she'll go back to modeling. I don't know. I'm waiting to see what she said she's going to go on Renee's podcast. And I'm totally going to tune in for that because she said it's going to be messy. And I like mess. But... I'm not, like, surprised that she's just kind of like, I'm done with this. <laughs> Wrestling fans are disrespectful and they're rude. And not only was she, you know, she has hurt wrestlers in the ring um, by definition. Fans, like, attacked her because of her weight, her hair, her this, her that. Like, they were just so disrespectful to her. So I could understand just being like, I don't want to do this anymore. 
Yeah, that's a shame. I wasn't the biggest fan of her in the ring, of hers in the ring, but I don't think there's ever a reason to be disrespectful of somebody's body shape or their hair. And again, like you said, Miss V, she was gorgeous. So whatever their hang up was for them to pass it on is uncool. Hey, Lizette, you said she's going on Renee Young's podcast. She made a comment about it. Somebody asked her and she was like, if I'm doing a podcast, it's going to be Renee's and I'm going to tell all the stories about everybody. I would not be surprised if she hits Renee's podcast in like the next couple of months. Yes. She made because I know Re- I think Renee pre-records a lot of her stuff, especially now that she has the baby. So it might not be something that's happened, but I wouldn't be surprised if it comes up. Oh yeah, and she's gonna be very messy because even when she was on uh, Total Divas, she was the one that caused all the shit between a lot of the women wrestlers like she was she uh, she uh, has no problem saying her opinion so that will be a show that we should all listen to for sure. yeah we will tell i her. always told people that nia Jax was just a plus-size bella like that's all yep. like she had the whole mean girl thing down packed she was the plus-size bella which also makes sense why her and the bella twins were so close you kick it with people who act like you like i'm not surprised yep that's exactly well damn i guess i well i do listen to renee young's podcast but i never watched total diva so that's a shock to hear uh you know one thing that's interesting is we've been talking about the cuts over at wwe and if people will go to AEW, but AEW just lost someone big swole she released a statement yesterday which i'm going to read Over the past couple of months, my life has taken on the mantra, grow, learn, change. Dealing with shadow work took strength I didn't know I had. I thank God for my loving family because they got me through some of the roughest months of my life. But I realized that real test is application. So I took my leap and after talking with TK and AEW higher officials, we've decided not to renew my contract with All Elite Wrestling. This was a hard decision, but a needed one. I'm grateful for their understanding and that we could mutually come to this agreement. I've enjoyed my time with AEW and wish them all the best. I appreciate their love and welcoming me into their family. Today is my last day, and as bittersweet as it is, I am proud to say that I've lived my dreams while making a difference. That is Swole mentality. So now that we lost Big Swole, uh, we have... Red Velvet, there's Brandy, I guess. There is Sunny Kiss, who is a femme. There's, uh, well, who else is left in AEW? And how big of OJ Cargill, how big of an impact is losing Big Swole? So I think I wasn't surprised that she left because she has been extremely vocal on Twitter in spaces um just about black wrestlers but even before she was doing that you could tell she didn't like how she was being booked like when they she had what was it she had not lost had a winning record didn't get a title shot but Britt Baker did and that didn't make sense and then when Britt Baker needed a challenger they still didn't go to her, even though Britt Baker and her had a feud prior to Britt becoming champion. You could tell that there was tension there, but she was just kind of riding this out until she could get off the off the train, basically. 
Um, I think that they lost a really good personality. I think that they lost a really good wrestler. Um, I know she was growing, learning, just like all of them. They're all really green over there. But, like, I think that, like, she was a locker room leader in a way. Um, especially because she's been wrestling, I think, for, like, five or six years. Um, especially with her battle with Crohn's disease. Like, she was someone who should have gotten more chances just based off the fact that, like, they booked her well on, like, dark but then they let other people skip the line on her and then never gave her the opportunity to wrestle. And I know, like, we always bring up the fact that she does have autoimmune disease, she does have Crohn's disease, but while she was in AEW, she won titles at other promotions. That does not make sense. Either she can't wrestle or, you know, her disease is that debilitating or she can you just got to find some workarounds, and they didn't want to find the workarounds. So, it sucks to see her go, but it wasn't surprising. I don't I don't think she's going to come to WWE, for being honest. I don't think Cedric would want her to, because, I mean, Cedric might be the next one getting cut. So, what's the point? Mm-hmm. Um, I think she'll keep touring the indies. I think she'll keep, you know, being very vocal about how important black wrestlers are, how important black female wrestlers are. Um, and kind of going from there, but like I wasn't, I wasn't surprised at all. Yeah, I would say, um, I think it's pretty telling, you know, when when AEW uh said that it was, you know, it was gonna be one of their um most important uh things about their company that they were going to preach that they were going to be about diverse um wrestlers and making sure that people got a chance to to showcase what they could really do and to to bring women into people of color into the forefront of their company. And the first person to ask for their release, so to speak, is a black woman um, from their organization. That speaks volumes of how far they still have to go to actually follow through on what they said they were going to be about. Um, and, you know, like, obviously, she she was one of the better female wrestlers that they had in AEW, but AEW is so uh, beholden to Britt Baker that they've pretty much diminished a lot of the other women that are in the organization at this point for, um, you know, Britt Baker is pretty much a mediocre wrestler. Um, and so I just, uh, I, I like I said, I agree, Lizette, I don't think she's going to WWE because, yeah, Cedric might be on his way out, too. Well, maybe said maybe not. Said might be okay because he's got MVP behind him. So maybe, but who knows? Um, because maybe they bring they bring her in to be a female member of uh of uh you know uh the hurt business. I don't know. Um, but uh I think it probably makes more sense for her to kind of do some um indie league stuff and and then maybe, and you know, maybe she might not want to even wrestle full time because who knows what her illness and condition and stuff is what's going on there. Who knows? But um, I think, you know, there's a ton of stuff that she can do. Um, but yeah, it, I think she might just need to go on the indies for a while and kind of uh, work there and then see where she ends up after that. That makes sense. And I also want to give some context and kind of lead us into the next point. The PWI 2021 list, uh, 150 women's list, came out October 1st, and they tried to use their list around in-ring achievement. 
championships, tournaments, win-loss records, technical ability, breadth, and quality of competition, activity, and influence. Number one was Bianca Belair. I'm going to just name the Black women. Six, Sasha Banks. 35, Red Velvet. 36, Nyla Rose. 50, Jay Cargill. 55, Kiera Hogan. 57, Willow Nightingale. 69, Nia Jax. 72 was Big Swole. And who's next on the list? 80, Naomi. So she beats Naomi. I'm going to finish the list. 82, Holly Dead. 83, Jazz, who retired this year. 90, Ember Moon. 100, Queen Aminata. 117, Tamina Snuka. And 128, Marty Bell. But I'm saying they listed her based on influence, in-ring achievement, technical ability, activity, quality, and competition higher than Naomi. And she's leaving. So what do you think of her placement on the list, the list in general, and what any comments that you have about that? I mean, I think she's placed higher than Naomi because Naomi's kind of going through a thing now where the white guys don't like her. Um, <laughs> I don't know what it is, but um, she's kind of she's kind of had a target on her back this year. So wait. that might have something to do with that. But um, wait, yeah, wait, wait, I'm, I don't... Sorry, I'm sorry. You said the... The, this is the first time I'm hearing of this. The white men don't like Naomi. Yeah, there's been like there's she she. It's been on a couple of podcasts, um, or at least I saw recently on Twitter. Like there's uh, they're basically trying to say she she can't wrestle and um, she doesn't really deserve to uh, to be in title pictures and things like that. So yeah, some some white guys have decided that Naomi is not deserving. Or I took that word from Donald Faison is not deserving of. Um, of her status and where she is in the, in the company. Yeah. And that has to do with like the botches in the matches lately. But like we were talking about this in the spaces last week, I think, and the botches look intentional to me. And I feel like it's a part of this storyline that they're doing with Sonya. So like maybe Naomi's confidence is kind of lacking and Sonya can kind of go back and be like, hey, see, I pulled your matches and you messed up here, you messed up here, you messed up here, you messed up here. Why would I put you in a title picture to continue to put her down so we can figure out, like, is Naomi going to rise to the occasion or is she going to turn heel or whatever? But I, like, a couple of them have felt very intentional. And I mean, I know she's rusty in the ring from, you know, being out. She was out for six, seven, eight months. Um, with family stuff, health issues, and stuff like that. But, like, some of them just feel like you're doing that on purpose. She's had botches before, but they just have never felt so blatant. And so all of the the dude bros are like, if she's got me doing that, she can't be in the ring. But I'm like, all of them botch. Like, your favorite male wrestler botches all the time. Like, chill out. I also have been noticing, like, um, Naomi might be faster than a lot of the other girls in the ring. And... So at least the ones that she's been wrestling recently. Um, and I wonder if that might be the, res- the some of the reasons for some of the botches that have happened too, is that either she's moving too fast or moving too slow or something. And so it's causing the timing to be off um, because we know she can go. Like we know we've seen her go before. We know she can wrestle. So either it's a part of the storyline or there's just something that is, um, that is off there, but the dude bros have zeroed in on it because obviously they have to find a reason to um, be uh, annoyed or, or have something to do or be pissed off at black women. So, and and she's the woman of the hour at this point right now. That's disappointing to hear. At first, I thought you were all were going to tell me 
that it's because she came back with the natural hair and really playing that up and her look because I did hear some things about the glow gimmick was a little tired but I didn't hear much about the botches and certainly I mean everything is misogynoir we know that but I guess my spaces are so curated that I'm with black fans that I didn't hear that and I did not know that this is what the whites were saying that's a shame but um to your point about being some mismatch in time uh with Naomi being so fast in the ring. I noticed the same thing with Jade, where her limbs are so long that she has difficulty and she towers over a lot of her opponents in AEW. Then I'm noticing that she's not as fluid in the ring and the timing seems a bit off. And I was wondering if it's because she doesn't have control, full control over judging space and dealing with the compactness of some of her opponents in the ring where they can't make it look as synchronized as maybe they should. Yeah, I mean, that could be because she definitely does tower over the majority of the women that she's wrestling in AEW. And her limbs are a lot longer than than everybody else than theirs are. So I think that definitely probably does ring true for sure. Well, then why don't they place her against someone like Nyla Rose? Um, I don't. I don't know. I guess is I don't know. Is Nyla in the main title picture right now or no? No, but I don't think they put her against Nyla because Nyla is just as green in a form, and she we I like I've seen her botch, like botch power bombs, botch certain moves, and I just don't think they think that the two of them are ready to have a match against each other. Do we know who choreographs their matches for the women? That's a great question. I don't. I mean, the only because thing I here is Kenny. Yeah, and I keep being told that Kenny is the one who runs the division. So I'm like, well, if Kenny's the one booking, if Kenny's running the division, does that also mean he's choreographing the matches? Because if so, it makes sense in a form why the matches between certain wrestlers are so clunky. They can't wrestle the same way Kenny wrestles. And they don't tell the same kind of stories that Kenny tells. And so I wonder if that is kind of throwing off some things, unless you have like a Thunderosa or a Sheeta who has a little bit more experience so they know how to build that fluidity that you need in the matches. Because... A lot of the time when those girls are wrestling each other, or those ladies are wrestling each other, there's always just some, this is not smooth. This is not super clean. This could have been done differently or done better. And I know that, of course, like fluidity and chemistry and all that stuff comes with time. But I also wonder if Kenny choreographs with him in mind and not in mind for like the body and the athleticism of the people or the ladies who he's choreographing for. Okay. Do you have any other, Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say, I'll say this, like everybody isn't TJ Wilson and or AKA Tyson Gid. He knows how to choreograph uh, matches to the strengths of the women that are in his, uh, that he's producing for. And I, that's maybe just because he's married to Natty, but, um, it totally makes sense when like hearing that Kenny might be the one choreographing 
or at least booking the matches for the women because it it totally that totally makes sense of why it may not work because he works differently than these women should be working or need to because they're so green and it it totally makes sense that it would just feel kind of off that makes so much sense to me now after hearing that damn well i mean we talked about some of the things that were sad to hear the cuts or whatever but what was your highlight for black women's wrestling this year i think i probably know but so other than the obvious that one in SB. What are your highlights for Black women's wrestling? And Madame Lizette, you're up. Well, that's the one that made me cry. So I don't really have another one. Um, we may never get that again. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, why, it, like, I know it won the SB, but it's really, really significant because we may never get two Black women in the main event of WrestleMania, like, ever again. Anything that happened with Binky, anything that happened with Sasha, you know, we may not, we don't know where the rest of these indie black female wrestlers are going to end up. So, like, this may be a once in a lifetime situation, and most definitely that was a once in a time with lifetime in situation. Um, another really good spot that I really like, and I just love their relationship, is Naomi and Binky in the Royal Rumble. I think that uh, when they saved each other from getting eliminated, that was super dope. And I just like seeing all the pictures of them, like Naomi doing her hair, making sure her edge is delayed, her braids is popping. Like, I think that that is so cute because you can really tell that Naomi has become like a import- an important figure to like the black women, especially in that back room. And not even just that, because I've seen, she took Lana under her wing. Her and Shayna are super close. Her and Naya are close. Of course, of course, you know, her and Tamina are close. Like, Naomi is very important to that locker room, and you can tell. And I think that when this is over with, we, like, won't realize it, but we take it for granted all the time. Yeah, I would 100% agree with that. Naomi is, um, she's more than, like, she's more than just what she does in the ring. Um She's at this point, she's kind of the elder statesman backstage um, because she's been around for so long. You kind of forget that she's been around for as long as she has and has been through so much with the division. So you kind of forget that. But, you know, yeah, it's hard to to not talk about Binky and and Sasha in the main event, which is also really funny that you said that because it feels like so long ago. I actually thought it was last year um, because this year has just felt like two years and everything just blends in together. Um, I would say, yeah. And, you know, Naomi and, you know, Bianca and the Royal Rumble was always really, it was really cool. Um, I would say maybe recently, it was just really cool to see uh, uh, Sasha Banks kind of coming to Naomi's um, aid and kind of being like, y'all don't know who this girl is. This is, this is Naomi, like just talking Naomi up on TV and then just seeing the pictures of them together, you know, behind the scenes where, you know, that's a real relationship, uh, especially when you, you know, you listen to Sasha talk about how Naomi kind of was like a big sister to her when she came up to the to the main roster and how uh, Tamina and Naomi took care of her to make sure that she, you know, got to where she needed to be because they realized she was the future. And, you know, Naomi was like, I got to make sure that we that, you know, we get her where she needs to be. So seeing that kind of play back where now Sasha is the girl and she's kind of doing that for Naomi and being like, I know she's, you know, I'm going to make sure to 
rep her on television because you don't really see a lot of times like other you don't really see like other wrestlers bigging up other wrestlers on tv like that like the way that she did so um i think that was a really cool moment to see and it just so happened to be you know a week ago so madame lizette and i was just gonna say like anything that bianca has done in the ring like since wrestlemania they have had just about every single match and or promo they have made a point to show a how good she has gotten on the like microphone but b how physically powerful she is in comparison to like the women on the roster was it sasha that she did the backflip off the table to attack her like who does that or when she picked sasha and becky up and power bombed them through a table like sis has being the soul survivor like sis has really just let you know i am strong i am powerful like being the est not only like her saying it but you can pull out different moments where she tells you and she shows you she's the fastest she's the strongest like you see it and it's just like it's amazing to watch and you can tell vince realizes she's money because he's put her in front of whatever camera he can possibly get her in front of see i agree with all of that and i have a different choice but i do want to talk about naomi bianca and sasha and one of the things that i really appreciate is how they serve looks every time they're on the screen so it's not just what's on the ring they understand being a total package and i really really appreciate that Every time Naomi comes on, like how often does she does she go viral with her looks and people designing things? All the time. Yeah, almost every time she's on TV. Like Naomi goes viral just as often as Roman goes viral. I love when the timeline discovers that Roman is attractive. I love just as more often when the timeline discovers that Naomi is a beautiful black woman. Like those are those those happen frequently, and that's why it bothers me that Vince doesn't like won't give her another title run won't put her in the title picture at all like it really bothers me because I've seen a lot of women just come across my timeline who are just like I would watch wrestling more often if this black woman was on my television all the time and I'm just like Vince it's there use it and Vince is just like nah the blonde or whatever the blonde girls (laughs) yeah I mean like I mean, her birthday was uh, two days ago and she was trending just because people were talking about how amazing she is uh, just for her birthday. That does not happen for every WWE or any other like major wrestler on their birthday. Like it doesn't they don't become trending topics just because people want to talk about how amazing they are on their birthday. So, you know, she transit like Naomi transcends uh, wrestling just being who she is and being a dark skinned woman who is a who is comfortable being in bright ass clothes and looking good in bright ass clothes and bright ass makeup and bright ass hair. Like she, she transcends, uh, transcends wrestling. And and to that point, even Kiki Palmer said, look, they need to do a biopic on you and I need to play you. Right. Like it's right there. And Vince is just like, no. And I think a lot of people also forget Naomi was the first, FCW Women's Champion. Like, we talk about the NXT Championship belt and how important it was when 
Charlotte finally won it. And of course, like the four horsewomen women all kind of went through their different moments with it. But we don't get there without Naomi winning in FCW. Because that's what that belt ended up becoming. And it's just like she's important to this wrestling stuff. And she's important to like whatever legacy is left for NXT and everything. And people ignore it because like she made a mistake in the ring. Like ain't nobody else made a mistake in the ring. Seth Rollins broke, you know, John Cena's nose. Seth Rollins almost killed Edge if you listen to the promo. Seth Rollins almost retired Sting. But, like, y'all still love Seth Rollins no matter what. And it's just, like, he makes mistakes, too. So if he can make mistakes, then y'all can overlook them. And those mistakes have, you know, been a little bit more detrimental to people's health. Why can't Naomi make a couple of mistakes and just keep going? It just doesn't make sense to me. You know why. Well, my choice is Trisha Dora, who was number 44 in the PWI 500 list, and she was the highest ranking woman ever. She is on that list because she wrestles all genders, and she is the first, I'm going to make sure I say it right, Pan-African, with a K, World Diaspora Wrestling Champion. Do y'all know Trisha Dora? I do. I'm I'm kind of sad that I did not get to see her when she was in Dallas a couple weeks ago. Yeah, but I do. Mm-hmm. Um, she's super talented, and she's I I watch a couple interviews of hers, and she's also like really goofy too. Um, she's super talented. I really, really hope that like whatever happens after ROH that she lands on her feet. I know she was in on AEW Dark episode. I think last week's episode. I need to go back and watch it. Um, and they said she was dope. But, like, it sounded like in ROH they were going to have her join Sean Taylor Promotions and maybe give her, like, a little edge and give her a little healness to it. And all that's kind of done because ROH is sounding like they're going out of business. But I really, really hope that, like, she lands on her feet. And maybe, and I hate to say this because that's just not... It's not, like, the nicest thing, but maybe she will replace Big Swole as, like, a full-time talent for AEW so they can keep the, the diversity numbers up. But she's so much more and deserves to be in somebody's title picture and be in the forefront because she's really dope. Yeah, I worry about her going to AEW for that fact because I don't want her to go there just to fill a quota because they lost a black girl, so we need to fill the space with another black girl. And I also like seeing her in, you know, her African flag colors and all that stuff. Like, I just worry that they would totally do some really offensive shit in AEW with with her. Um, And I'm hoping, you know, but who knows if she has the kind of personality who would be like, hell no. But she's extremely talented and um, she's wrestled like NXT before and um ROH and stuff so there's plenty of places that she could go um I just I'm not sure where I think she'll end up and and what what's next for her but she's got the potential to do quite a bit of stuff so um I just hope she ends up in a place that knows how to handle uh, a black woman without making her a stereotype of what they think she's supposed to be because she's like not your Sasha Banks type black woman so I just hope they don't um, stereotype her wherever she ends up. 
Yeah, I realized, like, the pandemic really did a number on, like, the wrestling world in us talking about this. There's so much talent out there right now, and they literally have nowhere to go because a lot of promotions closed their doors because there was not resources available to them. And, you know, once WrestleMania 2020's WrestleMania was put at the Performance Center, that means that all those events that would have taken place and all those tickets that would have been sold during WrestleMania weekend, you know, because all the indies come out for that. Like, none of them got to make any money, so they all had to close their doors. People lost their jobs or, you know, kept going back to their 9 to 5s. And it sucks because now we have this big, if always just actually closing its doors and Vince keeps cutting everybody every couple of weeks. Like, we have hundreds of wrestlers that don't have homes because Impact can't sign them. AEW can't sign them. Vince keeps talking about he doing budget cuts, which I just find that to be ridiculous. So they can't sign them. So, like, they're just going to be out here just kind of floating in, in the wind until things change, if things if things are able to change. So it's sad because it's like, well, where is a Big Swole going to go? Where is a um, Trisha Dora going to go? Like, what are we supposed to do? Where's a Keith Lee going to go? Where is a Mia Yim going to go? Nia said she's not wrestling, but if Nia decided, like, I want to wrestle, I doubt she's going back to WWE, so where would she go? Where's Ember going to go? Like, we just, there's, this just so much up in the air, and we may not be able to see these folks wrestle ever again, or you're going to have to catch them at that hole-in-the-wall indie show in the middle of nowhere, um, just to see them, you know, because you may, and that may be, like, a one-off show that you just got to do, so... It, it kind of sucks. The pandemic kind of ruined wrestling in a form. We always talk about how Vince is going to put the Indies out of business, but Vince didn't do this. No, he didn't. And with Trisha Dora, I understand that she is or has tagged with Thunder Rosa in the past. So maybe there's space for her at AEW. But because she wrestles all genders, I was thinking maybe she'd be a better fit at Impact. And I say that begrudgingly because I don't get impact in my market. So I would, and I want to be able to see her and watch her. I think that watching her on the ring, she reminds me of Daniel Bryan with how she moves, how she puts together matches, the storytelling, the grappling that she does. And I want to see more of her. I love the gimmick, the Afro punk. She's from Southeast DC, that's the DMV. And she still lives there. I am such a fan. But again, I don't know where she can go. I am glad that she and Queen Aminata have shown up on AEW. And I do appreciate that they have that open door. So until they figure out where she lands, or where she, until she figures out where she lands and where the, her best fit is, I am hoping that she doesn't sign anywhere and that she goes out like a gunfighter saying, I'll come to your town and, you know, hide your wife, hide your kids. That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, AEW has had Willow Nightingale on there. There was someone else. They've had a couple of one-off black female wrestlers kind of come through AEW Dark or come through on AEW Rampage. They're never on actual Dynamite, but, you know, whatever. It is what it is. Or or they'll do um, that Battle Royal type thing that they do before the pay-per-views. But they do at least invite them to the show, I guess, if that makes sense. But... I still don't necessarily know if that's enough for me to feel comfortable with 
whatever it is they call themselves doing. So I'm with you. Just go and wrestle everywhere, sis. Don't sign nowhere. You all can imagine the future of Black women's wrestling. What would you like it to be? Um... I really honestly what my what I really really want is I want Jade and Bianca to either wrestle each other or be tag team partners. I think that they would be a great powerhouse duo and I feel like Vince would do Jade so much justice. I know like we're talk I guess we'll talk about her now, but there is Jade needs help doing promos because she can't just keep being that bitch all the time. Which I support the vibes, sis. But, like, eventually you have to say something else. And having the white man cut promos for her, I don't really know how I feel about that. Because she didn't want him to be, like, if you paid attention to the storyline, she did not want him to be her valet. But somehow he became her valet. I don't know how that works. But I just think, like, Binky and Jade are both just beautiful tall strong black women they would be an excellent tag team duo if you know jade ever left uh, AEW and if that you know can't be the vibe maybe AEW and WWE can kick that forbidden door open some more and they can just wrestle each other I think that that would just be dope to see like two beautiful powerful women wrestling each other because I don't really want to see like a Charlotte wrestle a jade I want to see Binky wrestle jade yeah, I think it's it's also interesting because Jade had an opportunity to go to WWE, but they didn't sign her. And I wonder if just because they didn't think that they could have two people like Jade and Bianca on the same roster, and they didn't re- like they didn't realize how much money it was in having the two of them on the same roster together. Um, because I would love to see that too. Um, I do know they need to figure out what the heck they're doing with Naomi and hurry up and put her in the bloodline. Um, cause I'm tired of, uh, Sonya Deville playing in her face. Um, cause it's starting to feel a little bit weird. Like there's something very, like a little racist about the way that, and I, and we know Sonya Deville isn't a racist person, but just the way they're writing her and the way that she's responding to, uh, to Naomi is coming across that way. And so I'm a little bit over that. And so I want them to do something with Naomi already and like figure out where the storyline is going. Um, and just in general, like, you know, like you mentioned, Lizette, there's not a lot of places for black women or black for wrestlers in general to go now after COVID. So um, I think not even just black rest, black women's wrestling, but black wrestling in general. Um, I saw someone tweet that there needs to be a black wrestling promotion. Ultimately, that's the way that a lot of these gimmicks and things that we want to see are going to get over is if we have us writing them and us backing them. Um, so I'm hoping that sometime in the future that could happen for wrestling. I would think that would be so dope. Master P, if I remember correctly, bought a wrestling promotion, I think, like in 2019. Because I want to say he bought GCW, but I could be incorrect about that. Don't quote me. And I just haven't heard anything else about it. If he could like put some things together he could build a very well-oiled fully black roster if he wanted to i know like the white dude rose are gonna be like oh my god the racism y'all don't want white people it's like no we just want to see more black people and you white folks don't seem to write them very well um plus y'all treat us like we're a monolith and all of us are different 
from how we dress, how we talk, how we do our hair, whatever. Like, I've read, I remember a tweet that was like, all the girls on NW, all the black girls in WWE have the same gimmick. And I was like, see, that's how I know you don't know that black women are different. Because Sasha, Binky, Naomi, and at the time, B-Fab were all four very distinct black women who had nothing in common. But okay. Um, but you keep telling me that, like, Dana Brooke and them ain't all running the same character. I bet. Whatever. Um, it's also really telling and, that they say um, that by having a, a, a black-led promotion that, that means we're racist and we don't want to have white people a part of that. Where did we say that? Because that's what that's what they do. That that's what they think it is by because they right. You know, like we never said that if we had a black led promotion that there would not be white people in them, like a part of the promotion, or there would not be Samoans or Asian people. Like we never said that that was the case. We just said we wanted to be the ones in charge, and it's really telling that their first thought process is that they're going to be excluded if they're not in charge. That's what they do when they're in charge. It's very telling. I mean, I mean, I feel like Ricky Stark gets on the internet at least once a month to remind us that while he looks like a white man, he is most definitely black. He reminds us of that every few weeks. Like, he is black. He's just white passing. And they still run up in his missions on some, now nah, you're a white man. And he's like, no, I'm not. Like, I'm just not. Stop trying to classify me as something that I am not. Hell, they barely pay attention to the fact that, like, Sasha is half black. I don't know why they assume that we as an all-black promotion or a black-led promotion or a black-run promotion would just, like, get rid of the white people. It's like, no, we're going to recognize that, like, those dudes can wrestle, so we want them to come wrestle over here. But hopefully what we suspect or what we want to happen is that black people will treat other black people better than, like, what's going on with Vince or what's going on at AEW with Tony Khan and all of them. Because y'all have, like, done nothing but show black wrestlers, like, the door and mistreat them, fire them, rehire them, put them in ridiculous storylines, not put them on television at all, put them only on the YouTube channel. Like, come on now. We just want them to be predominantly shown and given the ability to get better. Like, Jade is only gonna continue to be green if she doesn't continue to be on television. So, you need to put her on television. It's kind of the same thing with BFAB. BFAB can't get better if you don't have her in matches. Like, Aaliyah has been with WWE for a decade at this point, and I'm not sure if she's any better than she was when she first walked through that door, but she has somehow figured out how to change her character, get several nose jobs, and try to get better in the ring because they put her on television, and now she's finally on the main roster. Like, why didn't get why didn't BFAP get that same ability? Like, Liv Morgan has gone through that groping process. Ruby Riot slash Ruby Soho went through that same, like, NXT to WWE main roster growing process. Why didn't BFAP get that same ability? Why do we beat up Naomi for botching when we could just help her grow? Y'all don't say anything when those dudes on AEW botch. And there's a botch, like, once a week. Give black people, black women especially, the ability to grow and showcase our talent. And sometimes it really just feels like the only one that's going to happen is if black people are running the show. 
I do want to just say that you are correct. Master P bought House of Glory Wrestling in 2019. So I just need Master P to like tell me what he's doing with that. Like, are they gonna? How's that gonna work? Like, what are we doing? Because I haven't. I don't think I've seen anything for that promotion um, come across my timeline. And I did a lot of different like wrestling shows that I didn't even know existed. So is he rehashing it? Did the money not work? Like what's going on? Cause I feel like that might be a very good place for a lot of this talent, black or white or other to go to, to showcase their talent and to hopefully like rebuild their character, create new characters, whatever. I mean, that's certainly the place for hit row. If- oh, most definitely. Yeah. Well, I don't know <laughs> if the pandemic just got him, and then, and that's why it's been quiet for a minute, but that is something to keep an eye on in the HOG House of Glory Wrestling. Besides the wrestling fandoms, well, let me ask you this. How are you feeling about how Black women are treated in wrestling fandom, in Black wrestling fandom and beyond, Miss V? You can go, Lizette. Go ahead. Um, I think that, like, we as Black fans support our own. Even though we didn't all like Naya, we didn't all necessarily like see it for Ember, we still went up, we still watched their matches, we still tried to show support to them, even if they, you know, character-wise, we were like, eh, I don't really know if I like like that person. Um, so I feel like black fandom is always going to continuously be behind their wrestlers. I think the only wrestler that we have abandoned at this point is Velveteen Dream, but that... I feel like was warranted and there's no going back on that. So whatever. Um, I think we spend a lot of time in the wrestling fandom defending our own and defending the fact that we deserve to be in these places. Um, And that is very tiresome. Like that is very draining because I should be able to watch whoever I want and not have to explain that BFAB Bianca, Sasha, and Naomi are not all the same character because I can clearly see that they're three different totally or four different totally different characters. But you white woman, white man sit here and tell me, nah, they're just all three black girls who loud. Nope, that's not what they're doing. Like, that's just racism. Please stop. Um, so it's sometimes it's really fun and I really enjoy it. And other times it's just like, this is draining as hell. Like I don't want to keep arguing or reading about how Naya needed a break, you know, from wrestling because y'all were being disrespectful to her and her tweets. I don't need to see the weird shit that you tweet to Sasha. Like I don't want to have to be a part of that. And I think being a part of like a black wrestling fan is not only showing the people that you like love, but then constantly having to defend them from like all the racism out there because they just can't handle a black woman taking up space. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's exhausting at times. Like sometimes I just want to watch wrestling for what it is. I don't want everything to have to be a think piece um, when it involves black women. I just want to be, and a lot of times everything that when it, when black women are involved, it, it turns into that all the time we have to explain ourselves or explain why something is happening because white people white men especially in the wrestling world um just can't let us be you know there we have to explain everything and it's just it's just exhausting at times and i i hope that at some point we can get to a, a a future where it's like 
we don't have to continue to explain ourselves and why we do certain things or act a certain way or wear our hair a certain way or want to be a certain type of way um, to people. We can just be um, as one as a fan and then two as performers, like for the wrestlers and stuff that we're watching, just let people be. That's what I'm hoping we can have sometime in the future. And also like not have to explain to people why Cody's promo was trash or why Brandy coming out there and doing all that weird shit was not entertaining. Like <laughs> they're caricatures of what you think black people are like. And me as black woman can look at that and go, that's not how you really are. So why would you cut a promo like that? And Cody, you did not end racism. I'm confused. Like <laughs> we should be able, we should like not have to explain that or be talked over when we state that, no, that wasn't a good promo. Or the fact that, like, I should not have to explain to you while old boy from The Acclaimed making fun of Simone Biles and making a rape joke is ridiculous and he shouldn't be on television. Like, I should have to explain that to you. You should be like, oh, wow, you black person or you black woman, you were offended. I under I'm going to let you explain to why you're offended or why it bothered you. And I'm not going to attack you for being like fickle or, you know, a or soft or whatever other weird shit that they come up with to tell us that like our feelings about wrestling doesn't matter. Um, can we go back to Cody for a second? Uh, did you, you guys heard about like um, on the reality show where after the baby was born, he looked at the baby and then looked at, um, Brandy and was like, are you happy that she looks like you? Because the baby because I think the baby had her her thicker lips and her nose um, and 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 her skin is darker than I think he probably thought it was going to be but he made the, like that was one of the first scenes after the baby was born was like are you happy that she looks like you? Okay, wait, wait, what was her response? I didn't see the whole, I didn't see the whole thing. I just saw, I just saw that question that that was mentioned on social media that he had asked her that because I I don't I was gonna ask the other question is like how's that show even doing I don't hear anybody ever talking about that show on social media so I don't know if it did well or not or if they're even gonna have a second season or or if this season is still going but I just know that he definitely asked her that on the show right after the baby was born and I don't know what her response was so the show ended like. I want to say after like six or seven episodes, it was very quick. Most of the time, the people that I saw that were like talking about it, they watched like the first or second episode and then was like, yeah, I ain't doing this. So I don't think he did very well. (laughs) Is her child not supposed to look like her? I'm so confused by that question. Yeah, that's such a weird question (laughs) to ask your wife after she just gave birth to your child. Who else is she supposed to look like besides it's either it's 50 50 it's either you or her so it would be different if he would have said like oh wow she looks just like you like she has your eyes yeah but like to pose the question in a way that's like so you happy she looks like you huh unless it was a mailman's baby oh goodness yeah i i i don't know i wonder because like there was some stuff on that show with the way that her family treated brant or his family treated her she was literally the redheaded stepchild. Like you can tell they don't consider her to be a Rhodes for real. Excuse me? No, no, no. Didn't she not say that she was the first black Rhodes? Yes, she was honored to be the first black person in that family. But you could that's what she said. 
but you could tell that they are not honored for her to be there. <laughs> like they don't feel that same way. Um, I think Cody's sister gave her hell. So I don't, I do wonder sometimes if she were, has some regrets, but I don't know. Cause she never looked happy on that show. Anytime I seen her and maybe that just cause she was pregnant and was uncomfortable, but she never looked happy in the few scenes that I did see of her on that show. So. Well, I know that like Dustin and Cody had like a strained relationship because they have such a large age gap. Um, him and his sister are a little bit closer because a little bit closer in age. But th- I hate to say it, I think all of Dusty's kids got issues. First of all, <laughs> like I think oh, Dusty, too. Dusty loving wrestling as much as he did and putting wrestling before a lot of his family stuff. Um, I think that really messed up like their whole vibe as like siblings. And then one thing that I realized about Cody is he does not like how the NXT kids talk about his father. And I think it has a lot to do with the fact that like they have these very close loving relationships with Dusty that he kept pushing away from because I know I can't remember if it was Father's Day or if it was Dusty's birthday but I remember him making a post that basically was like I would give anything for you to come out and tell me how good my match was or something like that because he said like Dusty had done that to him or said something to him during like a rehearsal and he like it made him upset and he stormed off and now he's like, damn, I really wish that my dad would have done that for me. So I wonder if, like, he realizes that he took for granted the relationship that he could have had with his father. And then listening to, like, Sasha, Adam Cole, like, all of them talk about how much they love Dusty and all the things Dusty did and how Dusty gave him the character and what to do. I wonder if that bothers him a lot, which probably makes sense why he pushes away from his family and it's really like him and Brandy all the time and that could also explain why Brandy has like whatever friction she has with his family as well I think Dusty's passing and everything has a lot to do with why the Rhodes family does not accept Brandy because I think Brandy let Cody kind of kick it how he want to kick it which is exactly what he does now and his family's like you know you could have done a little bit more or you could have been a voice of reason or you could have you know been helpful and now it's too late he has all this grief and like we got to pick up the pieces i think there's also something to the fact that when cody could not use the Rhodes last name she was using it and i don't think a lot of them in the family felt like she had the right to use that last name um especially if cody was not using it um but also i just i just saw that the the show did get picked up for a second season mm-hmm. so and i'm sure the spot tonight oh, okay. where cody lit the table on ta- on fire and that's gonna be on the second season for sure but um, and just and just to also say that the ratings were decent because yeah. it had about three hundred and sixty thousand viewers so it dropped oh, okay viewers but it was doing pretty well um I'm reading from Game Rant, and they said that the person who said that they were renewed was Dave Meltzer, so brain assault. Okay. Okay. Yeah, they used it to try to get over. They were definitely trying to use the show to get 
the wrestlers uh, on AEW into people's households, the so people who knew who the, they were, because they don't really have, like, the only household names, quote-unquote household names, that they have in AEW are only household names because of WWE. The two episodes that I saw featured a lot of AEW wrestlers that people wouldn't know very well pretty prominently because they were just trying to get them over. But are they the people that could get them over though? Like they're so likable when they're no, not. No, they're not. They're not, but I don't I don't but I think Brandy and, and Cody are also delusional about how popular they are. They really, really wish they had the Miz and Maurice's swagger. Like they really wish that they had like I, I bet you Cody would give anything to be on Dancing with the Stars. Like they want that so bad and they if that's who they think they are, but they're not. So it's unfortunate they don't realize that, but that's not who they are. And then also something else about like Brandy. I I have to go find the episode, but they kept running this clip with whom I assume is Brandy's mother. And she's pretty much telling Cody, if your wife disrespects me again, I'm going to knock the shit out of her. So I wonder if Brandy just rubs people the wrong way. And that also, like, contributes to all the drama and stuff with his family. Because, like, the thing about, like, Miz and Maurice is, as much as, like, Maurice's family gets on Miz's nerves, there's not tension in that house. Like, they absolutely adore him. They just like making fun of him because he doesn't, you know, speak French. <laughs> they actually like each other. That's how you can... You can yeah. Like, they like and love each other and like being around one another, even though they might drive each yeah. other crazy. They actually don't mind being around one another. He's never going to be the Miz. He's never going to be Triple H. Like, Cody just needs to be Cody. And accept that, like, he's just going to be Cody. And you know what? I think that on his own, he's probably likable because he he's done those shows on TBS. And it seemed like all his co-workers came on the show uh, or wrestling. I mean, you had Kevin Smith. You had Rosario Dawson. There was Shaquille. I think that he could be likable when he's not trying to solve racism and, you know, be someone else. I liked Cody before I knew Cody outside of the ring. Like when I just saw whatever we were getting for WWE and then he did a couple of things backstage with um, Xavier Woods on uh, Up, Up, Down, Down. Um, I was like, okay, he's got a really cool personality. He's, he's cool. I like him. But then when you put him with Brandy and then he starts thinking he's the savior of uh, interracial relationships and um, and racism and stuff like that, then I'm just like, okay, this guy is really full of himself and he really believes the gimmick of what he of what he's doing right now. Like he's really living it and it just makes it makes him hard to to support. And then when he goes and gets that stupid ass tattoo on his neck and it's like, okay, he's living the gimmick a little too much and it just makes him hard to root for. And then him and Brandy together are just insufferable. They're just not entertaining together and that you just people you just don't want to be around. Well, if this nigga gets a t-shirt that says that he's a king of all black women, then we know it's a wrap for him. Well, even on top of that, like I think all of them became like insufferable once AEW became what it came like once they figured out they could run NXT off of television which is not what happened like the worst decision Vince ever made was making NXT 
a live television show because Vince thought that because we tuned in to the network to watch NXT, we were going to tune in on live television. And that was not the case. We watched NXT on the network because it was on demand. I could watch it whenever I wanted to. So I always missed the Wednesday night show. I just watched it Thursday morning. And Vince took that idea that like, oh, they tune in. We have really good viewership and made it a live television show. They shot themselves in the foot. But like outside of that, between Kenny, the Bucks, Cody, like they all became insufferable when they decided we're going to just live this gimmick and just troll people 24-7. And it was just like, that's not why folks, like, I mean, yes, that was somewhat of their gimmick, but that was not why I enjoyed watching you guys wrestle. And then it also still bothers, it bothers me that, like, when y'all are doing matches and stuff, I'm watching you hold your brother's leg so he can do a flip. That's ridiculous. I should not be able to see that. Like, I should not be able to see the setup and the finish. Like, I, I hate that. Um, and then Kenny just, the fact that he was wrestling dizzy and all that kind of stuff bothers me even more because it was just like you were putting people's lives in danger because you wouldn't just go sit your ass down somewhere. And Cody, like, sticking his, digging his heels into the, I'm never turning heel. I'm going to always be a baby face. That's crazy. Just do the heel turn. The fans will come back around on you. Don't worry. They, they have just all made very questionable decisions. And then Tony Khan just won't get the fuck off the internet. Like, I just need him to log out. If he would just log out and stop responding to everything, I probably would, like, like his show significantly better, too. Well, damn. Is there anything else that we haven't talked about that y'all just want to let loose on your unscripted? You talking about wrestling? What do you want to say? I'm tired of defending Vince all the damn time because y'all let AEW get away with murder. Mm-hmm. Like I hate being out here. Like, but Vince ain't that bad. No, Vince is terrible. I know Vince is terrible, but y'all let AEW get passes on things that you never let Vince get passes on. And then it's just supposed to be, well, AEW's such a new company. They'll come around. No, they won't. It took Vince 20 years to, like, put two black women in the main event. No, they won't. Like, what do you mean he gonna come around? I gotta wait until I'm 50 for AEW to come around when they came out here talking about diversity? Like, I, huh? (laughs) Does double standards with AEW and, and WWE are insane? Like, the fact that people are really mad about um, Becky Lynch and Liv Morgan using the most recent releases in a storyline, uh, they're mad at WWE for doing it and saying that it's you know in poor taste. But it's okay when Britt Baker uses it against Ruby Riot on AEW. She did the exact same thing. It's like, girl, it's like you guys, you. It's like anything that AEW does is perfect and great and good. And then if WWE does the same thing, oh no, that's disrespectful. You can't do that. It's so wrong. And it's like, it only boils down to the fact that like AEW is good. WWE is bad. Like nothing WWE will ever be as good as AEW in people's eyes. And it's annoying and frustrating. I'm tired of everything being a competition. It's like, if you like AEW, then like AEW, shut the fuck up and let, and like, let us who want to watch WWE watch it and be good. It doesn't need to be a competition, and I don't really need to explain to you why I don't want to watch AEW and why it's not programming for me. I don't. I shouldn't have to tell you 
explain to you why I don't want to watch that shit. So it's just, yeah, it's it's annoying. I'm tired of it. Literally, I watch people be like, oh, I'm upset that Edge brought up that CM Punk and the Miz, or that CM Punk called MJF like a low-class version of the Miz or whatever. And I was like, but CM Punk said it. Like, CM Punk brought up the Miz. MJF brought up Cena. And Edge was like, hey, yo, Miz, you living rent-free in them niggas' heads over there. Like, come on now. Like, what's the problem? They That's brought it up first. Like, they don't like that we 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 caught how, you know, WWE lives rent-free and those people, like, all of those AEW fans who were, like, the weird, scary diehards and even the performers and stuff, like, they all know, like, WWE is still in the back of their heads. Like, you got guys who've been released for months now who are still going at WWE. And that's how you know WWE is, like, never really going to go anywhere. It's always going to be there because even when guys leave, it's still top of mind for people because they want to prove they want to prove they can make it without WWE because they know that the top dog is WWE and is going to be for the foreseeable future. You don't have anybody from AEW showing up on the Tonight Show, but you got Roman Reigns showing up on the Tonight Show. You don't have, you know, anybody outside of Cody crossing over into the mainstream from AEW right now. Like the only reason people even know who Daniel Bryan is, is because of Brie Bella, who had a television show, his wife. They don't know him because of what he did in the wrestling ring. So like these, like WWE is always like, is the top dog right now. And it, it drives them crazy that that is the case. They can't. It's ridiculous. It's okay for AEW to take shots, but it's not okay for, for WWE wrestlers to do it. And it's just like, it was like it was watching people get upset about AJ Francis saying like the Bucks are not sneakerheads. The Bucks be putting on a front and they be wearing fake kicks on purpose, and that shit's trash. He said what we we're all thinking, which is like they yep. just be out here doing weird stuff to be cool, but that's not how they kick it. Yep, you can you can and, see through it. You can see that. Yeah, it's not, it's not genuine, and it's always like I like I said I just hate having. To be out here having to defend WWE when it's just like WWE trash too. I was pissed that they cut Keith Lee. I was pissed that they cut me and all of them. Not like we just spent all this time talking about all the people that they've cut and how we, you know, in some form, shape, or form, but like shocked that the fact the B Fab was gone or shocked about the fact that they got rid of everybody else in Hit Row. Like that is trash. They don't get commended for that. They have fired more people in the last two years for budget cuts. While also letting us know that they're making record profits, which means they're lying to us, right? Like, Vince just sold the network to Peacock for billions of dollars. He's He did the Saudi show again this year. Probably made even more money off of that. But he's talking about budget cuts when he cuts these people. Like, if they're a trash company, too, with terrible business practices as well. But goddamn, AEW isn't any better either. Like Tony Khan out Tony Khan out here getting blood money too. And it's also really interesting because you can tell that pe- like Tony Khan is probably not that great of an individual because the team that he owns with his father, those football players don't like him. They come at him crazy in his own comments. They only like Tony Khan because he's the antithesis of of Vince McMahon. But give it a few years when he realizes he wants to start making money off of AEW. 
And he's going to be doing the exact same thing that Vince McMahon is. They're going to become just as corporate, especially with the hiring of um, John Huber's wife. You know, they're going to do way more corporate community relation things. Like they're going to do all the make-a-wish stuff and all that stuff that WWE is doing. They're going to turn into the same company and they're going to have the same releases and all the stuff. Maybe not to the extent, maybe who knows, maybe not as bad as W because WWE's roster was insane where they could release as many people as they did, but they're going to be doing releases and stuff too. And it's going to be the same thing as much as they're going to try as much as, you know, W or AEW fans don't want to admit it, but Tony is a businessman. He's going to want to make money off this. It's a labor of love right now, but eventually he's going to want to see a profit and, and to see that profit they're going to have to do business differently. And it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see all these dudes who live in their mom's basement freak out when it becomes uh WWE part two. I agree. Who do you think they're going to cut first? Do you think that they'll cut a homegrown eight as, as much as they have them AEW talent, or do you think they're going to cut a WWE talent first? The first person that I expect to leave and Master Swole, the first person I expect to leave is Brian Cage because his wife has got on the internet and told us several times that she hates the way that they book her husband and the fact of the matter is she, he's better than half of that roster and they can't figure out a way to put him on television. If Vince got his hands on Brian Cage, Brian Cage would be Brock Lesnar and I don't care what nobody says. He's next. Big Swole was first. He's next. Yeah, I can see that happening. But as far as like who they're going to release, I don't know. Like, because um, what exactly is homegrown for AEW? The only people that would be are homegrown are like the ones who haven't been in WWE, right? Would that be the definition of what homegrown is? Yeah. Um, I don't even, I don't, I guess so. Honestly, I think if they're going to cut people, it's going to be the Josie wrestlers. Like, they're going to get rid of a lot of them very quickly. Um, because once they can get enough of like female American talent, I feel like they're going to slowly cut ties with those ladies that they brought over from Japan. Because a lot of those ladies do not live here. They live in Japan. So with all the travel restrictions and stuff like that, like I think that eventually they're going to have to start cutting them. Yeah. I also, for some reason, keep thinking Sean Spears because oh yeah most definitely i'm like bro he, he i'm like you did nothing in wwe and you're doing nothing in aew you had a better gimmick in a in wwe in my opinion um with the perfect 10 but like i always think of him when i hear who's going to be the first person cut from wwe because or from aew because i'm just like you're doing absolutely nothing there's a lot of i think they have quite a few people they could cut that just aren't basically everybody that's on the dark roster um, yeah, they, they can get rid of it at some point. Well, one thing about the dark roster, if that's what we're going to call it, is a lot of those folks are not signed to long term deals. They're kind of signed to like day deals or like X amount of show deals. So that's that's really how AEW, I think, has been able to kind of continue to add people to their rosters. They pick and choose how they sign people. Like Thunder Rosa had maybe. 10 or 15 matches in AEW before they actually officially signed her. She had challenged for title belts. She had defended her own title belt for the NWA women's title. Like, she had done all of that before they finally were like, oh, let's sign you. And the reason why I think they do that is because in accounting world, 
if you're not a full like if you're not employed by me then like I don't necessarily have to count you against my books like if I know that you're only gonna work we call them locums in the healthcare world but like if I know that you're only gonna work you know October to December you're only gonna work the first second and third of this week, the 24th, the 25th of that week, and da-da-da-da-da of another week, then I can accrue for whatever amount of time or have whatever the daily rate or hourly rate that I'm paying you, and that's going to be significantly less than whatever I could sign you for for a year or two. So it makes me look more soft, you know, makes me look more soft and balanced out. My assets look better. I'm sorry I went full accounting on you guys, but that's the gist of it is they have figured out a way to go we can bring any talent in here we don't have to sign them we can pay them two or three thousand dollars to do a match for 10 or 15 minutes or a job out in 30 seconds and i can cut that check real quick and then i don't have to worry about like doing anything else while like the people that they actually have signed their mgf mjfs their darby allen's jericho's um pride and powerful all of those guys like they can sign them to these two or three four or five year deals because Daniel Bryan said his deal is only three years long Big Swole's contract was only two years long they don't sign them for like those big deals that Vince does when he does a five to six year deal and you're making like you know half a million dollars a year or whatever they sign them to very short two or three year deals and we can kind of re-up as we go. It makes the it makes it easier to the point that they don't have to cut people in that same way that Vince cuts people. She did it in college and stuff. I just ended up watching everything. Um and then I just kind of fell into the fandom. Thank you ladies for joining us. But out of wrestling and back to television shows, I'd like to know what are your guys' top five uh television shows for this season? that feature black women who'd like to start. Okay. So that's hard because I, <laughs> I watch a lot of television, but I have been watching a lot of like uh, streaming stuff. So I've been like on Netflix and Hulu and I don't even know if I've watched a lot of um, live or like, you know, live shows, but I, I guess I could say I really enjoy um, Batgirl is is really good now that there's a lead the lead actress is uh or the batgirl is actually a um or super batwoman sorry is actually a, a black woman i enjoyed that show um uh i tend to watch a lot of superhero themed tv shows i'm getting into station 19 now and one of the main actresses on that show is a black woman um who plays um one of the lead uh, firefighters on that show. I enjoy that show quite a bit as well. Um, This is terrible trying to think of like uh, TV shows that are led by black women that are not reality shows. And the other thing is it doesn't have to be on network TV. So it can be streaming Netflix, Hulu. We have some shows that we watch on those too. And reality TV. TV. Yeah. Okay. Somebody else go first. Cause I, I'm drawing a blank on what TV shows I actually watch. I'm going to be honest. I don't watch a lot of TV. I realized that um, when I move into the new house, I turn on TV so it's background noise not to watch it. I'm a binger at best. But Insecure is probably top t- top number one like Black woman-led television show that I absolutely love. I am behind this season, 
but I'm going to watch eventually. Um, I am a anime cartoon type watcher. I've been trying to catch up on those things, but honestly and truly, I'm behind on all that stuff too. I did just finish watching Cowboy Bebop's live action. So it's not a black woman, it's a black man who is cast. His original character would technically be Japanese or white, but when they did the live action, they made him a black man. And if you can get around some of the campiness and enjoy the jazziness of the show, and I mean that because like a lot of the music is very jazz related, um, it's a space cowboy type situation, but it's actually very dope. And you don't have to watch the original anime to get into the show and enjoy the show for what it's for what it is. And then, oh, I watched Inside Job, which they have, I am drawing a blank on her name right now, but she voices one of the characters on the show. It's a black woman, um, Gina from Martin, but I just like can't remember her like real name right now. And that's actually pretty funny. Very good. Misha Christian Campbell. Slater. Yes. Tisha Campbell is one of the voice actors on that show. It's actually really dope. It's hilarious. There's another like cartoon adult animation on Netflix that Wanda Sykes is a voice actor on that I watched. I've Super G's or something like that. And that one was actually really funny. It's a basically um, an entire gay FBI group and they don't like the FBI's. It's supposed to happen after Don't Ask, Don't Tell is passed and they relegate them to like the shadows, but eventually they start to give them missions and Eventually, you find out there's this whole conspiracy theory about, like, or conspiracy going on about, like, gay and lesbian um, agents. But it's actually, like, a very good show. And Wanda Sykes is in that one. And outside of that, I don't have a whole bunch. Okay. I remember now because I, yeah, I remember what the heck I've been watching on TV. So, yes, Insecure, of course, is, it's a me. It's really good. I don't think this season has been as good as it should have been for it to be the last season. Um, but, uh, Insecure is definitely a show that, uh, that I've been, uh, watching very heavily. Um, I just started watching Queens, um, which is the show that features, uh, Brandy, Notori, uh, Naughton, um, Eve, and then some random, uh, Puerto Rican lady. Um, I think she's Puerto Rican. I don't know, <laughs> but she plays a Puerto Rican butter pecan is her name on the show. So I don't know. Um, that show is, um terrible but it's something that but it's hard not to watch it so i like i binge watched the first couple of episodes um brandy is actually a really good rapper um notori Naughton is a little bit strange on the show i mean i don't think she's that great of an actress and so her trying to rap is a little bit weird um but uh even brandy i think this it's a good show for both of them like they actually get to showcase their their actual talent i wish they let notori actually sing instead of rap but because they let brandy sing on the show and rap but um i don't know but yeah that show is really good and uh and god i just totally blinked on the last one that i was going to talk about i'll just go with those two for right now trying to get away from reality tv too all right so here's something that i think is hilarious um Lady D and I do a top five every week and we talk about the episodes of the past week from Sunday to Saturday that featured black women. Insecure has made our list maybe twice since it aired. Batwoman is always on the list. Queens makes the list. Our kind of people makes the list. Insecure, not so much. 
it's there ish, but it's, I agree with you. It's not necessarily what I had hoped it would be. It's not terrible, but it also isn't edge of your seat. I gotta, I gotta watch it. Not like how I feel about the equalizer, which is also on on Sunday nights. See, I was about to say that too. That's our show. So I'm going to be honest. I'm a person and I realize this just in like bad habits. I'm a person who like will wait to finish a show. So like I know this Insecure is last season. So I may not watch like the entire full season for like several months. Just because like you want to enjoy. I always want to enjoy it. I don't want it to come to an end. And I know I can go back and rewatch and all that stuff. But I have picked up on the fact that like I don't watch finales um, <laughs> until like super late on into things. And because the drama with with Insecure hasn't felt, I haven't felt it on the timeline as much as like I have felt it in previous seasons, it doesn't make me excited to like want to even like sit down and watch the show and catch up. I remember the show I was going to mention, um, The Wonder Years. I actually really enjoy the the reboot of The Wonder Years with the Black family. I don't see a lot of people talking about it on my timeline, so I don't know if people are not watching it or what the deal is, but it's actually granted like the lead the main lead character on it is a, a little black boy, but the two uh lead or his sister on the show and his mother on the show are actually really really great great actresses and I've been enjoying that show quite a bit. The I watch it. You do? Okay. Do you recognize the sister? No. Who is she? She was the fake Jennifer on Black Lightning. Oh, okay. Yes, I see that. Okay. Now, yep, now I see it. Okay. You know what? You and I have similar tastes. So I'm going to put my little coin in a slot for the 4400, which is it airs on Monday nights. I know that we're in like spaces when that airs. But it airs Monday nights, 9 o'clock, CW. That one is also really good. Mainly Black cast. It's got a little supernatural mystery to it. And uh, I guess it's been about seven episodes right now. They're about to go on winter break. So if you have some time, it will be a quick binge. And I think you'd like it. Okay, I will try that out. I got some time coming up over this weekend. I'll start it this weekend. Also... I won't say when, but uh, Notori Naughton does sing on Queens. And I know I'm older than you, but I remember when Brandy was brand new. So she'd been rapping for a while. Oh, yeah. I know. I know brand new. Yes. Yeah. I, I'm very aware of brand new. She's really good. It's just nobody wanted to hear her rap because we're like, we're like, we know you can sing. Like, why are we trying to, why are you trying to rap? But she holds her own against um, Eve really well on the show. Or so whoever's writing her bars, which I think it's Cameron. I don't know if it's Cameron and there's somebody else, another like male rapper. Swiss Beast does the music. Yeah. So basically they got Dipset in there writing rhymes. Let's go. Yeah. I will say that I am looking forward to Abbott Elementary. I think that the trailers look like it's hilarious. So I'm actually very excited to sit down and watch that. Anything else that you all are looking forward to? Uh, Harlem. I actually, I saw the uh, commercial for it or advertisement for it the first time, like this week. Anything else that is featuring black women that you're interested in watching or looking out for? I don't think so. That's pretty sad. But yeah, I can't think of anything else that I'm like, oh, I need to make sure that I watch. 
I am all Annie out, guys. Like, and I love musicals. I do. They are my lifeblood. Also, you can only Annie me for so long. I'll, I'll go watch Rent. It's fine. Like, and, and Annie is done and over with. <laughs> yeah. Or why can't, why don't we redo like The King and I? Like, why can't we do redo oh, another I one? I love The King and I. Like, why can't we recast her as a black woman? Like, yes. why can't we redo Chicago and make Roxy black? I don't understand why we got to keep re. Annie's had like, I want to say four or five different variations in like the last like 20 years. We had the one with Jamie Foxx. We've had, um, they kind of remade another one. Like they've done the play a couple times. Like there are other musicals in the world. Let's redo those. I agree, but I'm looking, I looked at the cast for Annie Live and I'm, I think I might just tune in just to see the first part of it. Um, Cause I do like, I do like Harry Connick Jr. Him as Daddy Warbucks could be interesting. Um, Taraji P. Henson is playing Miss Hannigan. Um, Nicole Scherzinger is playing Grace Farrell. And then Titus Burgess is playing Rooster Hannigan. So I think that could be, uh, it could be interesting. I might tune in for a little bit. I probably won't stick with the whole thing. But I also just kind of want to see um, uh, Minnie Aretha come back. I want to see Aretha come back to life in that little girl's body. So I want to see what she what she actually sounds like and stuff on the, sh- on the, mo- on the show. See, Annie, I grew up with Annie. Annie is my shit. So I'm always here for a remake of Annie. Uh, until they get it right that's my thing so i'm looking forward to but i feel you on them doing another chicago because the first black roxy hart was michelle williams for destiny's child brandy also was on broadway as roxy hart so we have precedence for that in the canon i don't know who else could do i think no maya did somebody else but you know it's like they've they've had black women up and through that that is my favorite queen with people performance ever like Big Mama Morton, that is she bodied that entire role. My favorite Queen of role ever, ever, ever. Oh girl, you need to watch the Equalizer then. Total run for the money. We're comparing apples to oranges, but she does really, really good. And y'all be forgetting that my girl Queen can sing. Like y'all be forgetting that she can sing. Come on now, give her her flowers, please. Oh, we do. That's true, y'all do. Y'all really do. I listen to how y'all plays the equalizer. I might sit down and watch it one day. I'm not I, I might actually have to. It's worth it's worth the out forty the forty-five minutes of television that it really is. Final thoughts for any of you all, because I know I thank you, thank you, thank you. Um Oh, you about the missile hole on us, Panika? Yeah, I thought we, okay. I, I had to look yes. that up. I had to look up. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah I had yeah. to look up, you know, the top five, you know, uh Christmas movies that like with black actresses. And I just, so I was like, I was like, I know there's some that I really watched that I love. And I remembered Last Holiday with Latifah again. Um, yes, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. Preacher's Wife is a holiday movie. Um, I hope they don't remake it. Please don't, don't remake it. Either. Leave it alone. Leave it alone. They're Leave going to. Alone. They're going to. Yeah, yeah. yeah probably. Um, the Best Man Holiday um, that came out with, you know, Sanaa Lathan and Nia Long and stuff in that one. That was good. This Christmas with Loretta Devine, Regina King is in that as well. Yeah, this, that's a good one. Long went crazy too. So and and Columbus Short went crazy. Um they were in that movie. And then the number 1 is A Diva's Christmas Carol with Vanessa Williams in Chile with Heartquake as like the best Chris, like song ever. 
from the 80s. So a deep. Oh my god, I haven't watched that in so long. Yeah, I was like, I was like, I forgot about that. But as soon as I saw the name, I was like, I started singing the song. I was like, this. I'm like, that is an amazing Christmas movie with Vanessa Williams. So I, love I used to watch that on VH1 like every Christmas every at one point yeah. because it came on so often. That was like Vanessa Williams at her prime. Yep. That was a good one. That was a good memory. Yep. That was a good, yeah. I love that movie. So those are my top mistlehoe, uh, I guess, uh, Christmas movies with uh, black female lead characters in them. So thank you, Miss V. Madam Lizette, do you have any? Uh... Mistlehoe movies that you want to mention? I, I know. I'm going to be honest. I'm a Grinch. I don't really like uh, Christmas music. Christmas oh, things. Oh, you got, I'd you be like, uh-uh. Lady H has company. Damn right. <laughs> like, okay, honestly, so my two favorite Christmas movies is A Nightmare Before Christmas and The Year Without Santa Claus. And both of those movies at this point are like 40 years old. So, like, <laughs> I don't have, I don't, I don't like Christmas movies like that. Like, mm-mm, I'm good. I worked in retail and they started playing Christmas music, like, as soon as October 1st hit. And I have been a Grinch ever since. That should not dampen your spirit. I worked in retail, too. Oh, I love Christmas for my but. Two best Christmas songs ever, or I guess introduction to characters in Christmas movies, is the Heat Miser and the Snow Miser in A Year Without Santa Claus. And I am very <laughs> upset that um, they decided, the ABC family decided they're not showing it this year. So I got to go dig out my DVD and play it myself. Uh, is this the Nightmare Before Christmas? No, it's a year without Santa Claus. It came out in like the seventies. So when like all like the original Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer, Santa Claus is coming sound like the original oh, cart okay. the old school like puppet. Yeah. The puppet yeah. cartoon ones. Yeah. And they did like a second movie to it like ten or so years ago. And they re like redid the songs. But like I love horns. And one thing that the Heat Miser and the Snow Miser songs have are really good horns. And I love that. I really do love that movie. And I was very upset when I looked at the, because I was like, ooh, I got to make sure I circle the day so I can watch my movie on ABC Family. And they posted the, the schedule and it, they're not showing it this year. Well, disappointment. Very. So my mom was like, you own the DVD, quit tripping. <laughs> I was like, that's besides the point. That is besides the point. Well, it's got to be on one of the streaming services, maybe. I don't even know. It's one of those, like, very niche movies that I have learned. Um, but I'm going to check. But the DVD's downstairs. Like, I just got to go into the garage and get it. Well, Madame Lizette, I have a recommendation for you. Okay, Raging, what is it? Raging Rudolph, which was a sketch that you can find on YouTube from okay. Matt. And one of the okay. was Deborah Wilson. So there's your black woman. You got claymation. Okay. There's violence and blood. All right, I'll take it. That sounds like my kind of time. Oh, yeah, it is. Raging Rudolph. I'm totally going to watch that, and I'm going to text you about it. I got it. Why do we have to ruin Christmas with blood and gore? Okay, hold on. Most people's favorite Christmas movie that I, I and I have learned this over time is Die Hard. I think we okay. 
Like <laughs> again, Lady H has company. That is her. Every time we talk about Christmas movies, Die Hard is her Christmas movie. I didn't even realize it was a Christmas movie until somebody was like, "Nah, it happens during Christmas," and I was like, "Huh?" And I had to go back and like pay attention. I was like, "Oh, it does." I don't think I've actually ever sat through Die Hard before, all the way, so I should probably watch that movie at some point mm -hmm. <laughs> in life. <laughs> but I don't think I've ever actually seen it. But I've heard the that it's a Christmas movie uh trope before I've heard that. So is the Gremlins, the the original. Well actually both Gremlins. So is a long kiss goodnight. Which I feel as though they need to do a black version of that. Or at least a black woman. Something. I feel like there needs to be a black lead for a non-traditional Christmas movie. So I, while I appreciate that they are creating diverse Lifetime movies, Hallmark is getting on board, OWN is creating some, uh, VH1 has some, BET and BET+. Plus. I have a graphic of what's airing. While I appreciate that they have them, they're all the traditional cookie-cutter Christmas movies that I could have had a V8 for. Calgon, okay. okay, give me something else. <laughs> Lady H, if you want to like sit down and have a full blown conversation about how every single one of the Hallmark movies is the exact same Hallmark Christmas movie, we can do it. My mom has watched every, all of them at this point, and I sit down there and watch them with her, and it all kind of starts in the same way. Chick hates her husband or hates her fiance and hasn't figured that shit out yet. She hates her job and hasn't figured that shit out yet. Or like the bakery or something in the small town needs some assistance and she got to go down there and help. And she finds love. They all have the same storyline and we tune in every year. It's because they work. Yeah, they have the same storyline, but it's it's like it works. Every like I I know quite a few women right now who can relate to the fact that they cannot stand their job and they're ready to go, or they cannot stand the dude that they're with and they need somewhere to go. And they hope like I would love that shit to happen to me right now. Let send me to Europe into some <laughs> random ass country, you know, or some random ass place for some like cookie baking, whatever. And let me meet some <laughs> fine ass European dude so I can get my life together too. I want Yo. too. So I I'm let me bump that. into the prince the one random day exactly. at Christmas. What? That's not even a real place. Let me do that too. I'm on board with that hundred percent. That's oh why they God. do it. It works. Well, see, you ladies are missile hoes. Blame my mother. <laughs> well, I blame my father. He's a missile hoe. But my mom loves all the Hallmark movies, and I somehow get sucked in because you become emotionally invested, even though you know what's going to happen. You're still like, but I gotta see it through the end. No, you don't. Go upstairs. Go do something else. Well, everyone has got their hands in it, including streaming. There's a ton on Netflix too, ladies. Thank you so much for joining us to talk about wrestling, to bring your guys' favorite television pastime to our podcast and talk about television and movies. And you're welcome to join us anytime that you would like. So uh, would y'all like to do your shout outs and thank you. Um, I guess uh, shout out to you guys for having me on to talk wrestling. I'm sorry I fell asleep um before this started and came on late your girl was tired today was the first day back in the office and I had 
all of the meetings today. So I was exhausted and I was going to just shut my eyes for a second. Next thing you know, half an hour later, I was knocked out. So sorry for being late, but thank you guys for having me. And um, yeah, just shout out to whoever's listening. Thanks for listening. And yeah, hopefully I'll be back on again. Thanks, guys. And where can um, they find you on social media if they want to follow you? Um, if you want to follow me, I'm not all that entertaining, but if you want to follow me on social media, on uh, Twitter and the IG, I am Vanika Dewan, V-E-N-I-K-A-D-E-W-A-N. Um, I do not post a lot of pictures, but there might be, if you like big boobs, there might be some thirst traps on the IG, but there's not like, it's not on purpose. They're just there, but um, I don't post a lot. <laughs> so <laughs> there's more on Twitter. All right, Madam Lizette. Give us your shout outs. Shout out to you guys. And thank you for having me on for a second time. Um, we got to do this again whenever they come out with the next season. Um, but if you'd like to follow me on Instagram or Twitter, actually anywhere, um, most of my stuff is Madame Lizette or Alyssa Lizette. Um, I'm a little bit more entertaining, but I tweet for me. I'm going to be honest. I don't really tweet for other people. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for joining us for this latest episode of Watch With You. Lady D saying goodbye and see you next time. Lady H. Peace. Good night, everyone. Night. Thank, Thank you. you. Good night. Thanks for listening. We invite you to send us your feedback, musings, puns, and comments at watchwithyoupod at gmail.com on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, Watch With You Pod.